0: Welcome to another edition of the Political Profundity Podcast with Modern Times Magazine, John Duzon and Karen Weil. Hello, Karen. Hi. I almost said John Weil and Karen Guzan there for a second. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, well, we're having fun for sure today, um, and we're going oh, e- yeah. to have even more fun talking about the political scene. Um, today, our rundown is... Um, Whether they're going to impeach Donald Trump, um, there's been more movement now that Congress is back in session. Um, there's a lot of uh, different topics to talk about there, and then golly, what's going on over in the UK with the Brexit mess and the proroguing and the um, stepping down of the speaker and uh, just a lot of things going there uh, going on over there. A delayed election or a non-election everyone wants, but we're no, but no one's going to do. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about uh, John, Mr. Tough Guy Bolton, um, who you know sometimes that's my middle name too. Some people put on it, John. On Mr. Tough Guy on, but uh, this is the real guy with the mustache, um, uh, uh, you know. And he resigned. Who knows what's going to happen there? And then, lastly, we're going to stop in and talk a little bit about the possibly political retribution against Andrew McCabe. i um, getting coming out today that he might be indicted soon. Um, you know, Karen. Again, we love. I mean, maybe sometimes I think we should we should rename this podcast the Jumping In With Both Feet Podcast. Um, but let's do that. Um, and let's talk about the current uh, impeachment discussion. Um, how are you mm-hmm. seeing it? Do you think that, um, you know, what is the, you know, the whole language thing has become a real um, uh, you know, point of conversation, um, both in uh, online and on the airwaves or, you know, on uh, cable news networks? Um, does that matter much, do you think and and what they've uh, done uh, you know on their week back is it as it what has it changed in your eyes?
1: well, look i I've been saying this all along that number one, if anybody thought impeaching this guy was gonna be a cakewalk, yeah they were even more delusional than Trump is. Well,
0: wow, that's saying something. <laughs>
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're really far gone. (laughs) And number two, if Democrats were going to do this, because let's let's not kid ourselves there. Other than Justin Amash, who's no longer a Republican, he's now an independent. uh, There isn't I'm going to be shocked, John, if one single actual Republican votes in favor of impeaching Trump, especially if the evidence is just so overwhelming again you're you're not dealing with reality to to ignore it
2: right,
1: so I'll be shocked if one of them has a conscience and decides to decides to do the right thing. but number two, and I because you you hear a lot of times, especially from democratic base voters and a lot of liberal pundits who are angry, that the Democrats somehow didn't just impeach this guy the day in a day after he was installed right in office, which I, I don't know what anybody was thinking if they believed that such a thing would work. Yeah. Is, I, I said it all along. They have to make sure they are going exactly by the book when they do this. Every I dotted, right. every T crossed. Right. Yes, the Mueller report was damning. There's ten instances of Trump obstructing justice. Never mind some of the other, you know, emoluments clause that this man is violated. What did we just hear about for a week or two? Vice President Mike Pence. Wasting God knows how much of our money to stay in Trump's resort on the other side of Ireland. Uh, again, all of this is simply to to bolster Trump's failing hotels. There's absolutely no reason for this man to have done this. I, I have no doubt that probably Trump made it clear, Pence, you will stay here or else, given we know... I don't want to go off course here about the little soap opera dance between those two, <laughs> whether or not Pence might actually be on the ticket next year is anybody's guess. But right. so I, I just there are just there are several big factors here besides the Democrats being extraordinarily careful and taking their time. And also the fact and we both of you and I have said this, our institutions of government were never meant to deal with somebody as corrupt, as venal, as disgraceful as Donald Trump. I'm sorry, we have never had anyone in this office as terrible as he is, not Nixon, not Bush Jr., um, in terms of just getting impeached, not Bill Clinton, or maybe Andrew Johnson, but I think even Andrew Johnson's a saint compared to Trump. What does that tell you? Right, right. So, I, I, I just, this is why I lose patience with people who say, who are impatient, oh, they're just not acting fast enough. And I have said, Again, given our hyperpartisan environment today, given that you have a media apparatus that's going to stay uh, w- on, with Trump all the way, that being Fox News, and, and frankly, pund- some pundits on other cable news channels, that you have a party that is fully and slavishly devoted to him, and that sadly you have a base of voters who simply do not care about anything, I guess, other than, quote-unquote, owning the lips. They don't give a damn apparently about this country's long term well being, its its uh, its national security, or it's its general standing in the world. They've obviously proven they don't give a shit about that either. Mm-hmm. So we're dealing with, with factors here and dynamics that are so that would have been even mind blowing ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, uh let, let's go back further when say Bush was president and you know, really his presidency didn't really go off the rails until the second term. But so this is where we are. It, it would be just incredibly difficult, even if you had the Watergate prosecutors alive and well again in Congress. OK, so I, I for one think, even though, yes, to some degree, the Democrats, they've kind of dawdled. They've sort of had contradictory messages. I'll be honest, the Speaker of the House, uh, Nancy Pelosi may not have an appetite to do this, even though she knows it's the right thing, ultimately, because she has no love for Trump. That's pretty obvious. But, you know, I think they're past the point of no return now with their actions today. Yeah. They pulled the trigger, so to speak, not literally. Right. So everybody's clear on that. They've got to follow through.
2: Yeah.
1: So now it's time for the hearings. It's time for, for if necessary, subpoenaing people. And that means actually threatening them with arrest if they don't cooperate. Right. Getting them to testify, although you know some of Trump's main lackeys are not, they're going to take the death. Sure. And getting as much evidence as they can, along with the Mueller report, and finally, yes, bringing it to that vote the way they did in December of 1998 when they impeached Bill Clinton. Mm -hmm. So that's where I think this is going. Now, do do we guarantee that there are going to be the 200 and, say, what is it, 2830 votes in the House there? To finally bring this indictment down on Donald Trump, we don't know right now. Right. right now, it's 122 House members have said, I support an impeachment query. I support, you know, or they're saying, I flat out support impeaching him. Right. That's not enough. So, I, I, but again, they're, they're starting this. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's happening. And this is why, you know, I think we're going to see Trump act even worse than he already does. As if, you know, we don't suffer enough every day with this cretin. Um, And I've been telling friends and, you know, family members, I said, brace yourselves. The worse it gets for him, the worse he's going to react. Oh, yeah. But, you know, uh, know, the Democrats are doing it. Is there any guarantee this is going to end as it should with Trump being impeached? We don't know.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, know, we had talked about it uh, plenty of times before that, you know, the biggest thing is that, you know, you have one swing in impeachment and, and you know, just to reiterate what you said. And, and that's and that's why it's even more important to really have as much evidence as you can there. Um, you know, whether whether there was enough from, you know, the Mueller investigation or not. I mean, there obviously was some people that, you know, if Trump was allowed to, you know, behave in the way that he wanted, uh, you know, you know, what McGahn did and what some others did uh, stopped some of the worst, I think, actions that could have happened. Um, and, and it, and it really kind of, you know, made that situation even more difficult. But the one thing I kind of want to discuss is, you know, the continuing, um, talk about the, those folks that flipped Trump districts from 2016 to 2018 and got elected to the house. Um, I don't really necessarily know why people think that, and especially those people that hold those seats, why it's, it's political suicide to support impeachment when, um, you know, they obviously were flipped for a reason because people were not happy and it might even, you know, greater, um, you know, put greater strength behind um, their, uh, their, their, their reelection in 2020. Um, You know, I don't think it's necessarily a death knell. It's not going to, you know, for sure energize the Republican base if it's been discussed for so long that it we know that unless there is some serious evidence that comes out of the inquiry and whether it's emoluments, whether it's, um, just, just, just pure and simple, basic corruption, um, there's not going to be the Republican wave, um, to, in, in order to impeach the president. Um, you know, they're just kind of too lockstep at this point, but once, once you, if there's evidence of, of, of that corruption being real, if it's made public, um, it's not as easy to, I don't think for them to back that up. It becomes different when, when the Air Force is being cajoled into going and staying in Scotland at his, at his, um, uh, you know, property there. Um, All those things that are corruption based become harder, I think, for the Republican, um, you know, um, Senate and even the, the Republican members of, of the house to to do what they've been doing with um the obstruction of justice um in the in in the russian interference in the election um and you know and also in the uh, you know payments made to stormy daniels and 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 the other uh uh model um if we call her that um i i just don't know whether whether they can continue to hold that up and that's really what's needed Um, You know, I mean, as we know, impeachment and high crimes misdemeanors, high crimes and misdemeanors can be anything from just the ineffectiveness in order to do the job. But, you know, conviction has to be that you have the political backing in order for these people to vote for it. Um, And, you know, you know, maybe what ends up coming out of it is um, is that there's just a report um, The you know, impeachment gets passed in the House and it dies in the Senate as always. And, um, and, and there's just a report that's out there that really kind of, you know, puts Trump in the coffin in 2020. And, and, you know, we don't know whether that's going to be the case. But again, you know, I, I, I still, you know, the last thing, you know, before we maybe move on to our next topic, I guess that's my question to you. And part of having this discussion is, um, do we really think or, or do, you, do you agree with me that it it seems like it's 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 actually, although some of the experts might say, well, if you're in a, a Trump flip district um, and you're a Democrat who flipped that in 2018, um, it's it's harder for them to support impeachment. I, I don't necessarily see that. I see it the other way because the energy is going, you want those people to continue to come out and vote for you in 2020. And the energy is obviously all on the Democrat side. And if they didn't um, if they don't support impeachment, is that energy there for them in those districts? Because I don't see it coming up from the Republican side just because they voted for impeachment. I mean, do you, do you see it that same way? Or do you think that I, these-
1: I basically do. Yes, I agree with you. I, I think if anything, if the Democrats are successful in impeaching Trump, regardless of what the Senate does, that is gonna, that is going to enthuse the base like nothing else. Um. Are there some? The reality is, are there some maybe with Democrats in some of these swing districts who may be at risk of losing their seat because you just piss off so many Republicans that they come out in waves that are too big for the Democrats to fend off, possibly. But really? right now, frankly, again, the, the mo- as you said it. The the motivation is more on the Democrat side. The enthusiasm is there, and I we talked about this, but I just want to I want to drive home that uh, this argument again, this to defeat this lazy narrative that Donald Trump wants to be impeached because it'll make yeah, him more no, popular, yeah, the no, way no, it did no, no. Bill Clinton. Bull crap. Yeah, right. Donald Trump is not Bill Clinton. Whether you liked Clinton or not, he was a genuinely popular and competent president. Very reckless, for sure, in private. We all know. Although, again, and I will say this forever, compared to Donald Trump, Bill Clinton is an altar boy. And that's how bad it is right now, folks. So that is just bullcrap. Impeachment will weaken Trump dramatically going going into the election, and it won't really cost the Democrats a whole lot, I don't think. Because, again, the narrative, oh, the Republicans really paid a big price in 98. No, they didn't. They won back the White House in 2000, albeit in a way that we don't need to talk about. That was just not, you know, a great moment in our country at all. Uh, they won back the Senate. They kept the House. They kept power un- fully until 2007. So I, I just I think the Democrats have a whole lot more to gain than they do lose, for sure.
0: OK, you know, the last thing that I wanted to you know, discuss before we move on to our next topic, too, is Um, What could happen um, within the impeachment inquiry that uh, could really kind of turn the tide besides, you know, we had already talked about, you know, and I had had mentioned the corruption, but the last little bit I want to talk about is um, Lawrence O'Donnell's claim um, a little bit more than two weeks ago, um, because, you know, last week we skipped our podcast, we both... Um, Had had just other commitments. We couldn't get to our podcast, unfortunately. And sorry for all those who missed it. However, um, that that scoop that he had that only had a single source, which is why he had to retract it and and Trump world Mm -hmm. went crazy over it was that supposedly there were Russian oligarchs close to Putin who had co-signed on many of Trump's loans. So, you know, besides basic corruption, I think, of of him using taxpayer dollars, which I think could really change the narrative for Republicans in Congress, um, some of those little tidbits of information coming out really change the ability for him to have any defense whatsoever for impeachment. And, and, and so I, I, I want to throw just the general topic to you, number one, but also number two, I want to talk about the same thing on whether, um, do you think that O'Donnell was, um, I guess taken advantage of, because we know that he's really not a journalist. So he didn't get, um, you know, double, um, uh, or triple, or, you know, he didn't, he didn't clarify it. He didn't make sure, but is it, Possible that 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 still is true. It just hasn't been verified properly, and if it is, what does that do?
1: Well, I think if we and again, I you know not to get too much into the O'Donnell situation. And I I was very skeptical when I heard that. Oh yeah, Then again, given of course you were. Then again, given that Donald Trump has basically told the world, yeah, I take help from a foreign adversary. He basically admitted it recently. I, I will not be surprised, one iota, if if O'Donnell's breaking that story, breaking those allegations, turns out to be true. Now, if there's real solid evidence for that that comes out during these impeachment hearings, it, it all the more strengthens the case to hold Donald Trump accountable. Yeah. And because he is, and Tom Steyer, who's running for president, and frankly, I don't think should be, but he is, you know, but he has been a very loud voice in over the last few years of holding Donald Trump accountable. Uh, And I mean, he has a, there's a piece he has today and it's, I believe it's on, it's on the NBC website, um, in the opinion section, you know, basically turns out with Donald Trump is, and always has been a threat to our democracy.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, he writes the long rap sheet of crimes perpetrated by this president is getting longer every day. It only starts with special counsel, Robert, Robert Mueller's report. Um, I don't even think we've even seen, honestly, John, the tip of the iceberg with this guy and how deep all this corruption goes. And it's I mean, again, it just it makes you sick and it breaks your heart because we should not have to deal with this. We should have somebody in the Oval Office who, whatever his or her flaws, has this nation's best interests at heart, even when they stumble. We don't have that right now. We have a guy whose whose main interest right now is staying out of prison. That's it. We have never had anybody in the office like this before. And that is why the urgency to make sure that Trump is held accountable so we remind everyone in this country that no one is above the law, Democrat, Republican, or whatever. If they're breaking the law, they've got to be dealt with.
0: Yeah. And, you know, it just, you know, as far as me bringing it up, it comes back to the idea of, again, you know, I think, you know, unfortunately you know you know the two of us haven't ever been hired to go do high level national security washington reporting but i think we, we we both understand when you would we would have allegations in places where we had worked before if you get a tip that is even on a mayor or on a sheriff or you know where we had worked with lower level political figures you get that sort of information you know you have to um you know uh you know double uh uh vindicate the sourcing so it it it, it, it relies to me to say where who it imagines to me who this source literally was for him to think that a single source would work because that's you know that's the, the you know really what it comes down to is you know sometimes you can trust an in A single source, and then you start investigating to see if you can um, uh, 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 have somebody clarify it multiple times Um, because of that initial source gave you that information, and you can trust that source. So obviously, it must be it must have been somebody they can trust, and it's it's a few of these things that have happened during Trump's term, and I don't necessarily think of of it as bad journalism. I think of it as no way other way to be able to verify it like um the same thing that happened in november 2018 where the guardian um and i think it was the guardian here um uh came out um that Manafort had held secret talks with assange in the ecuadorian embassy they've never retracted that story but no one has ever else been able to confirm it um so, you know, you wonder where these you know, anonymous sources are coming from and where they're able to get this information and why you can't, um, you know, verify it additionally. But, you know, like say with the with, with the story The Guardian had, you know, they, they came out and, and, and raised holy hell and said it was a lie, it was fake, they better withdraw it. Nothing ever happens. Um, and, and as we know, it's still there. It, it hasn't changed. I mean, um, I think, I think O'Donnell came out and retracted it more because, you know, the NBC bosses said you didn't go through our policy and you didn't follow it. Um, you know, but there has to, who these original sources are had to be somebody that he trusted enough to think he can mention it on the air. And we don't know who that is at this point in time. So that's why I don't necessarily disregard it either. Um, because if, you know, if I got, if, if if I got that source when I worked some other at, at a, a newspaper at some other place, I would follow that to see if I can verify it. It might've never seen the light of day um, until I could, but you know, there's gotta be, you know, it just, it just seems like one of those kinds of things um, that because we don't know the source, it can't just be dismissed. I don't know. I, you know, again, yeah, I'm going again, off on a tangent yeah. here, maybe.
1: No, but again, we are living in just, Absolutely, at times, unbelievable times. They, they they really are. And again, Donald Trump has broken the law. I mean, I, I mean, he's obstructed justice. He just he has violated so many tenets of the Constitution. It's not even funny. And I you know I will say this: if the Democrats do not follow through and at least take this to a vote, they are going to have real problems next year. And I suspect that not only the desire to do the right thing is is important to them, even as as clumsy as they handle it, but they also understand politically. I, I mean there's a there's a lot at there's a lot at stake here. so let's let's just all be glad. The process is starting. There's no, There are no guarantees of anything yeah. from this point. And
0: but continuing. at any
1: rate, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, I was
0: just, you know, I was agreeing with you and saying it's also continuing. I mean, because that's the other thing. I mean, the, the you know, discussion and, and, and people taking Pelosi to task and saying, well, is it now? Is it officially started? And she goes, well, we've been continuing to do what we always need to do. And, and we talked about it on this podcast before is. You know, there's there's a lot going on before you actually start saying that you're impeaching or in the impeachment process, um, and and you have to collect that information. So, I didn't mean to cut
1: you off. So, no, not at all. I just uh, again, it's um it's going to be very interesting to watch all of this unfold. Um, I, I just you know our our country's democracy has been at risk uh, for several years now. And this may, well, it's not going to fix everything. That's for damn sure. But this may just be the start of turning the tide.
0: Yeah, and no matter what, November 2020 is around the corner. And and, and like we talked about, mm-hmm. there's some definite energy um, going against Donald Trump. Uh, we didn't even talk about poll numbers. But you know, talking about yeah, um, yeah
1: never mind though. Um
0: You know, talking about <laughs> democracy being um, uh, threatened. Um, we can jump across the pond um, to the UK and. Uh, what's gone on there? People saying that democracy is being uh, subverted by the proroguing at the time that it was done. Um, Boris Johnson saying he wasn't going; he's not going to obey the laws that were passed. That yeah, you can't go out of uh, the of the European Union without um, there being a deal, and him saying he was going to do it anyway. Um, we don't really know what the future holds there, but um, you know, as as much as you know, sometimes paying attention to. Um, you know, UK politics can be um, difficult or not very exciting when we have so much going on here. Um, the past seven to 10 days has definitely been must, much, much, w- must watch um, for us here. I mean, I've been watching BBC for, um nearly every afternoon um, just to get a pulse on what they're talking about. Uh, highly entertaining um, and, and, and also sad, I think, to a certain level. Um, And and to see where where, uh, Johnson's poll numbers are, he's kind of the opposite of Trump right now, you know, with the way that the Brexit Party and the Tories are polling, they're polling an easy win, a 60 percent win, Um, you know, you know, a lot of it, you know, there's so much to talk about there. Um, but, you know, I don't know. Let's start first with, you know, the whole idea of proroguing when they did. And and we know that now the, uh, the Scottish Supreme Court, um, has ruled or the Scottish High Court has ruled that, um, it was illegal. Um, and that, you know, that just kind of started the whole process. Now we've seen the resignation of the Speaker, um, October 31st, uh, maybe an election, maybe not. They've really kind of hamstrung him. Um, you know, I think we're negligent if we don't talk about Dominic Green, I think too, right? Um, uh, you, but you know, just some very intense things going on in the UK.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, just when you, when you look at our whole national nightmare right now and how crazy that is, it, it, well, I don't want to call it tame compared to what's going on in Britain. Um, but it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, It just it seems like, again, Boris Johnson and maybe his poll number is better standing now because they certainly weren't recently. Um, But he's he just he's trying to have it both ways. He and others in his party that support this, you know, they want to leave Brexit and they're the ones who wanted this. And I guess 52 percent of the populace voted for it. But then they expect that somehow they can have everything on their terms when they go. Well, no. No, they can't. I mean, uh, and I, I've said this before on this podcast, to some degree, the European Union does share a little bit of the blame. Because some years ago, when the British government wanted to talk to the European Commission about kind of the unhappiness that, uh, you know, residents there had with the EU, the apparently the European Commission just wasn't interested in listening at all. And frankly, they should have. Mm-hmm. They should have sat down and said, okay, we want you to stay with us. What can we do to make you happy that isn't going to completely violate everything the EU stands for? doesn't matter now. Obviously, there was a vote, uh, although, you know, there's still some speculation that maybe this vote wasn't quite on the up and up.
0: Yeah, that's but, right. They got and, and, and
1: frankly, I mean, it would really be in Johnson's best interest if he just said, we're going to have another referendum. And finally, once and for all, we're going to settle this. And if the percentage votes, if the majority votes to leave, then we leave. If they say no, then we're stuck in the EU. But maybe we can hammer out a better deal for us and still be part of this family. Um, Because I just, what Johnson has been doing is beyond ridiculous. And it, it's amusing to me or interesting that some people are asking the EU to show leniency. I, I mean, EU's not the one who asked Britain to leave, okay?
2: Right.
1: Britain made the decision by four percentage points that they wanted to leave. Okay, then leave. But, you know, if you crash out and your economy goes down the toilet, um, they'll come to us. And, you know, to bring up the United States again and Trump, uh, you know, Johnson is crazy if he thinks that he's going to get any kind of real trade deal out of Trump or the U.S. right now. And and I, I Johnson, who is just an arrogant jerk above all, but I don't think he's that stupid. Um, and Theresa May couldn't get that. So I, I don't know, you know, they're not, they better not be looking to us either to save them because mm. uh, that's not going to happen. I'm sorry. And I say this as a well, huge uh, admirer yeah, well, and a good. fan of the UK. And well, that was one of so the reasons is...
0: why Johnson got, you know, laughed at in, 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 in parliament saying, Hey, we're going to make a deal with the U S right off. And Trump <laughs> yeah. is willing to make a deal. And and by the way, I just want to state right away. It's I said, Dominic Green, i meant Dominic Cummings, um, Um, you know, the, uh, you know, I guess the Brexit puppet master. But again, I didn't mean to cut you off, but, you know, they are looking at at Trump and helping um, save the UK.
1: Which is, I I, I cannot believe that anyone would be that stupid to have put (laughs) any trust in Donald Trump. That is, if it were any other president, any Republican president, like Jeb Bush or, or Ted Cruz or somebody at least who has, is not quite as... Transactional as Trump is, maybe maybe we might be able to forge ahead and have an actual deal that would keep the U K economy on a in a stable on a stable footing. Which really, it's in everybody's best interest. We really don't need to have the United Kingdom being plunged into some sort of economic uh, you know disaster that nobody benefits from that. The EU doesn't, certainly Britain doesn't, and it will hurt us indirectly, too. So I just but again, Johnson, you know, this guy, is, he's also like Trump and that not just with the, you know, bloated, ruffled appearance, but that he's he's a liar uh, as well. And I, I just again, it's, it's appalling that British politics like ours has gone from having, especially on the conservative side, people like Margaret Thatcher to this. I, it's, it just you, your your mind just can't quite contemplate that. At least my can't, having grown up with people like Thatcher or John Major or uh, or even recently, you know. And I know he's not well thought of. David Cameron. I, it's it's just extraordinary what's happened to that party as well. But it's it's just there was an interesting piece that ran in the Washington Post, and this headline might be a bit clickbaity, but. There's a, it's, it's written by a man named Griff Witty, and I, I, I'm assuming he's a, a British writer, but it says, you know, Boris Johnson has four options to escape his Brexit mess. One of them is to go to jail, um, uh-huh. uh, you know, basically because, you know, Parliament rejected, you know, the motion to have a new election. So basically he's he's, you know, there's a chance that he's really breaking the law here. Uh-huh. uh if he if he ends up doing something even more reckless that really puts Britain into a profound constitutional crisis, I mean he very well could be I, I think that you know the the chances of it are still pretty slim, but you know he could be in serious legal trouble. you know another thing he could do, i mean, you know he could just decide to swallow some pride and go and really renegotiate a deal with the European Union, which I, I think enough leaders there still would be willing to do that, even though they're also opening the door, you know, to Britain saying, you know, au revoir, au revoir, saying, top teams, uh, bon bonjour,
2: to <laughs> <all laughs> every other language,
1: right? I, I butcher each one of those and my apologies <laughs> that for up. that. You did well. um, <laughs> But I, I, again, you just, you watch this every day and it just seems like nobody is in charge over in the UK that, and, and Jeremy Corbyn, who's the later labor leader. And I, I think, frankly, I'm you know pretty underwhelmed by this guy. I, I don't think he particularly uh, has any magic formula here either yeah. to help
2: yeah.
1: the UK. And that, that's unfortunate because there's certainly not anybody in the major parties who it seems to be able to step up here and really help the country find a way out of this. Yeah. Um, You know, so his options are are pretty limited. And, you know, again, there's an eerie, you know, there's sort of an eerie parallel with what's going on in our politics. You have a small base of hard right voters who are really, you know, through their surrogates, both in Congress here and then in or not more the Senate, I'd say, because obviously our U.S. House is Democratic now, but you know, and in, in, in Britain, who are really calling a lot of the shots, even though they are the minority, you know, of the voters. Mm-hmm. Most British voters, even ones who may support Brexit, don't necessarily want to see the country crashing out. Um, to I me, mean, the situation, John, really is just so fluid, it's painful, yeah. you know,
0: and it also, so, you know, brings uh, up the it, whole
1: it's, just, it's, it's astonishing,
0: yeah, it it is. it is. It's it's uh, you know, number one, um, another election that, that, that people thought was never going to go that way. I mean, Cameron, it was basically a a, uh, a, a you know, a bluff on his part. He was just like, okay, let's get the Brexiteers to shut up once and for all. And boom, it backfired on him. Yep. And, and, yep. and it was almost the same thing that happened in our 2016 election. And we both know that both mm-hmm. elections were influenced by the Russians. Um, and it, you know, I'm sure, you know, with all the controversy You know, I'm sure, you know, Putin's having another grand laugh. Again, a guy who's only had a government job um, his whole life um, is probably the richest man in the world. So what does that tell you? Um, You know, or at least, you know, until they they find him and hang him upside down like they did to Mussolini. Um, But, you know, that's beyond the point. Um, You know, two of the very interesting things I think that kind of came out of of what I saw um, was... You know, the first one was, I think, even allows Brexit to be even discussed and make it, you know, somewhat even manageable with the deal was that even though the UK joined um, uh, the EU, they never adopted the euro in 97 when it first came out. And and if that had happened, it would even have been an even greater integration that would have been nearly impossible. So we know that there was always that, you know, and that, you know, was was Tony Blair and Gordon Brown, um, they set up the five test policy, which was, you know, uh, you know, business cycles, interest rates, financial services, um, you know, and and that, you know, it had to guarantee high growth for them. Um, you know, but, you know, that allowed this, this, this to really happen, because they would have adopted the euro at some point um, you know, between ninety seven and you know, two thousand and seven, it never would have come. And maybe, you know, that recession that we had really kind of allowed that to, you know, to maintain. Um you know, maybe it would have been adopted a long time ago. We don't know. Um, we know that they like the pound sterling and that's just the way that it is in the UK too. I don't think they ever really wanted to give up their sovereignty. They just wanted a a trading zone. Um and so, you know, that's really what it was set up for. And um, you know, to really become, you know, completely integrated economically. And the U.K. was never really that way. Um, they just used it for trade and and trade alone. And then, and, you know, it's kind of why they got the short shrift a lot of times, too, I think. Um, but beyond that, just kind of having that history lesson is also the other history lesson was, you know, how integrated the queen and the royal family and, you know, possibly the king at some point, um, whatever happens to, to, with the, the queen, um, is instituted into the UK politics. Um, to do the proroguing, to do the election, to do um, many other things, the Prime Minister has to go and consult with the Queen, who is basically a rubber stamp for whoever is the Prime Minister. Um, but, you know, a lot of these things could have been stopped um, if the Queen would have just said no. But we know that she's not going to do that because it jeopardizes this. This grand role that they have at this point, where they get none of the blame, all the credit, um, and 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 are adored, um, but it's really kind of brought the royal family, I think, back in. And even now, where they say, "Well, if if uh, uh, Johnson lied to the Queen, then you know he needs to he needs to go because he he he, he said the wrong things on why he was doing proroguing. He said it was because of, you know, that's what we do, and he was really doing it for political reasons." Um, but you know, it's just interesting to see that that's still there, and that uh, you know, it, 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 I don't know, it brings it out into in, into the light in a way that I don't think is uh, shines very well on either the royal family or the UK democracy, um, or or just in the ability to to think that you know you have the Queen Mother looking over you, um, and and that she might um, interfere. But even in these situations, she's she's not doing anything to take a stand. She's just letting you know, the, the, you know, the system go the way it was. And and you would figure that that's not the initial impact. That's just the things that have come since the 20s and 30s when um, they really wanted to separate themselves from, from, from nearly everything. Um, I don't know, but that was just, you know, another one of the interesting aspects of this that, that really kind of stood out to me um, is having that other, other avenue there um, that could have just overruled everything and didn't
1: Yeah. I, I, again, I just, this is, (laughs) it's anybody's guess. It's a lot like impeachment here in this country. Uh It's anybody's guess how this is going to end. I just think, unfortunately, because you have somebody who may not be quite as sociopathic as Trump, but, and clearly is smarter, but again, just doesn't seem, just doesn't seem to care in the long run of whether or not his country really gets hurt here, yeah. Um, and again, his yeah, brother, really his, well.
0: you know, we didn't even mention his brother resigning for the same reasons.
1: Right. That's right. I mean, it, it, the parliament just in the last two weeks, if, if you've watched any of it, uh-huh. again, insane is the only word you can describe, you can use to best describe this.
0: Yeah. Throwing them out of the, <laughs> the uh, conservative party. You know, I mean, 21 people got thrown out, including Winston Churchill's grandson. Right.
1: That's right. They showed a hell of a lot more, you know, courage and principle than, than frankly, many, GOPers, oh, many Republicans. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. The, you know, they should be taking, Republicans here should be really taking a cue from their conservative brothers and sisters across the pond. Um, you know, so, again, Johnson, he's, he really, his choices here are starting an arrow. And, you know, unless he's really going to get a deal that that is fair for both parties, and it's turned out to Ireland, you know, between the, you know, Ireland and Northern Ireland. Right, um, right, right,
0: right. Yeah, it also brings I, I, up that whole I mean, issue again.
1: He faced, yeah, exactly. God forbid we, you know, we just, it's only been about 21 years sure. since we had the the treaty that, that ended all the conflict once and for all there. And, and yeah, you know, can't even imagine that starting up all. again. Right, right. So it, it just – I I just – I don't know how this is going to go. We can only hope and pray that, that maybe Johnson is actually listening to somebody who's telling him, you know, to, to, you know, swallow his pride a little bit here and, and either call for a new referendum, which would really be the best thing, and make sure it's, you know, Russian meddling free. Um <laughs> Or, or possibly just call for new elections, and maybe his party will throw him out, put somebody in there who wants to be an adult about this. I, I just don't know. But Yeah, um, I mean, I'm
0: almost expecting the next time I go into a polling place that when it asks me to vote on propositions, instead of saying yes or no, it's going to say, da, nyet. yet.
1: <laughs> oh, no. We hope not. <laughs> we hope not. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, you ready to go back to the United States and, uh, uh, Oh sure. Uh, you know, General Mustache or whatever they want to call him, um, Mr. <laughs> Tough Guy, John Bolton, um, you know, it, it always seemed like a fit made in, um, you know, movie history um, uh, to have John Bolton um, actually being with Donald Trump. And I can't wait to see the, you know, the movie um, that they make of the Trump White House and who's going to play John Bolton. Um, but, um, you know, you know, maybe, uh, Dana Carvey can come back. I don't know if anybody's seen uh, his appearance on the <laughs> Colbert show, but that was, that was hilarious when he did John Bolton. But, you know, uh, you know, obviously Warhawk, um, wanted to attack Iran, you know, you don't really think that it's bad news. Um, but then uh, like everything else you have to say, well, who's Trump going to replace him with? Um, you know, that 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 recent discussion has been possibly that Pompeo is going to pull double duty as national security Advisor and secretary of state, you know, and they say just like Kissinger did, you know, and if you know, you know, people don't understand that government has changed quite a bit since that time we've created a Department of Homeland Security and other things. Um, I don't know whether that necessarily works and, and for sure whether it works with somebody like Pompeo, not somebody like Kissinger. Who is really basically you know running both? But you know it'd be nice to have, you know, a uh, a Secretary of State who's working on diplomacy. Um, but you know it, uh, it it it's just a crazy uh, I guess week again. And Bolton says he's gonna he's gonna you know state his case here soon. Says he d- he resigned. Trump says he was fired or asked for his resignation. Um, does John Bolton go into the night quietly, Karen?
1: Well, look, Bolton is certainly a, you know, temperamental hothead, which, you know, Frank, I mean, that's probably the reason why he and Trump didn't get along, because they're really the same. Um, and you know what they say about people with the exact same kind of personalities. They don't often mix very well. Um, I, I, I have to say, I, I'll be surprised if Bolton decides to really speak up about Trump, even though you know he'd love to. And I'll tell you why, because as we all know, especially in the Republican world, there is this little, you know, they almost call it a welfare system. You know, you you go on Fox News, you get paid for, you know, doing your gigs there. Bolton, I guess, was making half a million. You get the Heritage Foundation gigs and the speaking gigs. If Bolton decides to really spill the beans on Trump, and, you know, if he did, God only knows what we'd hear then, um, (laughs) then he's out of that world. There goes all his speaking engagement. There goes everything. And it's frankly why you don't see James Mattis speaking up right now, which is especially cowardly on his part. Well, he was you out doing his George book You don't see any of these people because they know damn well there goes the gravy train. That's yeah. sadly where we are, that these people are just more concerned with their paychecks over, again, the the future of this nation. Um, you know, we're not just talking about an ordinary job. And look, all of us are in situations or we find ourselves sometimes where, you know, we've got to think about, you know, our economic well-being sure. and our family, et cetera. But we're not talking, you know, the democracy of our nation is not on the line. There's a big, right, <laughs> big right. difference normally. Um, so I, I, I would be pleasantly surprised if Bolton actually did the right thing. Um, of course, again, Trump's base isn't going to care. His media enablers aren't going to care. But it will it'll only reinforce what many believe, that Trump is unstable and unfit and has no business in this job. Um, so I I I don't know. I'd say the odds are he doesn't. Um, he'd be doing us all a favor if he did. But, you know, we, we know most of these people don't have any real principles <laughs> other than, you know, feathering their own nest and, and, you know, making a power grab uh, whenever possible. And and obviously, you know, Bolton, although frankly, he's not really had a real job. I mean, he's been in the media. But after the Bush administration, you know, was gone, he, he had nothing more to do except snipe at Barack Obama for eight years. Yeah. Um, yeah, and
2: his so, Fox job you know,
1: is
0: probably out too, right? I mean, that's what you're getting at too. Is he, who, you
2: know,
0: you know, if 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 Bolton decides to come out really hard against Trump, he's probably not welcome back on Fox News at least right now.
1: Oh, absolutely not. No, he'll be he'll be persona non grata. So yeah. it, it just again, why this is what just you know it drives me nuts. You know that oh Trump got rid of him out of some principle? No, he didn't. It's because they just he was Bolton wasn't gonna lick his boots enough. That's basically it with Trump. You're there to guess that rear end of his or not. I'm sorry, but that's what this is,
0: yeah, um, you know, yeah, and Trump and, bringing up oh Bolton got us into Iraq. you know, it's like you know Bolton is oh, absolutely. you know it was all I, Bolton's fault though really, I mean you know, how about all the rest of them? I mean, it wasn't just Bolton for sure,
1: but this is this is what I you know basically I can only I can only surmise John. And if you know if you think I'm wrong, same. So Trump basically wanted Bolton just to again own the lips. There was no right, other right, interest right. on his part in terms of having this man come in and make a real meaningful difference in our foreign policy and dealing with adversaries. It was basically because he's uh, an annoying right wing gadfly. And again, Trump sitting here, he has the nerve to criticize Bolton for Iraq. Which yes, Bolton, you know, Bolton deserves a lot of blame for that. But I'm thinking. Then why did you hire him in the first place? I, it, it's just the whole lunacy of this train wreck of an administration to begin with. Um, and I will—the only thing I will give Bolton credit for is he actually went. Something else we didn't mention is we know this is the week of September 11th. You know, 18 years since that truly horrifying, oh, awful yeah. day in our nation, mm-hmm. which not only killed almost 3,000 people, but as we know, was the start of an absolutely Horrible period for our country and for the world, really. But as we know, Trump wanted to invite the Taliban to oh, camp oh, yeah. David That's this great. week. John, I, when you I, – I heard that, I thought this is the onion, right? There's no <laughs> way that he is that stupid. And of course, wait a minute, we're talking about Donald Trump. So, yes, he is that stupid. What, what, but, John, oh, just what a way to spit – in the faces of all the americans whose lives were i you know changed irreparably that day you know and to disgrace the memory of the victims by doing that and Bolton to his credit said hey no that isn't a good idea that's probably the reason why trump wanted him out um, well you I, know, he also supposedly win- you know
0: he offended his friend uh, kim jong un as well you know that's oh
1: yes right exactly his friend you know i'd like to tell trump Kim Jong Un isn't your friend. Well, they fell in um, love.
0: Uh, you know, they did fall in love. Uh, they fell in love. But, uh, you know, Kim right. Jong. So. Right, right. Maybe they fell more in than love. friends. And you know, Melania <laughs> loves him too. So sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I and we know Bolton is a war hawk. I'm sure he's been, he's been he's been itching to have some conflict on Iran. We all know what happened recently. Trump kind of backed off on a plan to go after you know, to have a military conflict with Iran. But again, and I don't think because Trump probably might have actually listened to one of his advisors who told him, you're not George W. Bush. You have no credibility as a wartime president. And no one is going to believe you on this. And that's, you know, it would have ended disastrously. So, but look, Bolton won't be missed. He's not a good person. Um, Again, it's just yet another example of of how off the rails, irresponsible, and grotesque this administration is. Yeah. And uh, you know, you, you can only again. I don't know if Pompeo's going to take that role. Pompeo's not a good Secretary of State, so watch that train wreck. I hate to keep <laughs> using that word, but watch it just worsen if he decides to take over that role, you know, which I, means again, yeah, uh, you know. Trump will put somebody even worse in there. I, you know, again, you just, you just shudder when you think who, of, of whoever's successor is yeah. going to be. And, you know, one so, of the things I
0: heard about Pompeo, too, is that some people were saying that uh, yeah, Pompeo and even some others are, are, are worried about him taking the dual role because then Trump will be like, well, hey, he gets more credit than me. You know, like the typical well, exactly, thing you have to be worried exactly. about with Trump is, oh, don't get too much of the spotlight um, or else, you know, you offend yeah. our dear leader.
1: Yeah, it's it's again. If, if you you're there to to have fealty to Trump, you are not there to do an actual job. That is why Pompeo is surviving for now because he's on his knee pads for Trump and 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 frankly nothing else. So I you know just just look for more chaos and and more uh you know dangerous situations in terms of filling this this role. So I, I, I just there's, you know, there's no reason to be optimistic. I'm yeah. sorry to say it. Yeah.
0: Um, let's move on to, um, you know, Andrew McCabe um, possibly being indicted. Um, and, you know, just my initial thoughts right off are, what are they, crazy? You know, you give McCabe the ability to um, ask for evidence. You give him a platform to or to have his lawyers, um, you know, make any kind of arguments they want. Um, it doesn't seem like, you know, because he's been skewered um, in the press, but the charges are obviously not things like murder. It's whether he leaked information to a reporter, um, but it the damaging um, uh, information that could be gone back to the administration when he's claiming that it's just political retribution um, is, is, I think, is being undervalued, at least from the Trump administration or the Justice Department.
1: But, yeah. Look, the problem here is, and look, if if there's real evidence that McCabe has broken the law and did something he shouldn't have, then by all means, he needs to be held accountable. Here's the big problem, John. You cannot trust anything coming out of the Department of Justice so long as William Barr is running it.
2: Hmm.
1: I'm sorry, because, and and if you've read some articles, there was a piece in Vanity Fair recently. Obama, sorry. Sorry about that, President Obama. (laughs) Trump has been obsessed with McCabe for some time. He has felt like McCabe was after him. He needled, you know, the former FBI director James Comey about it. Um so again, you I am just if I you know, William Barr if if he had any principles, which he doesn't, if he should do the right thing and maybe have a third party handle this. Uh and, and clearly again if McCabe had done something illegal, then fine. Then we need to have that situation adjudicated and um go from there uh but but the whole way that mccabe was fired just a day before he was supposed to get his pension you know and making him sound like he was some kind of hillary clinton cheerleader which is nonsense given the role that he had in terms of disclosing information about the clinton foundation so automatically i i don't think it's fair to say that he was campaigning for the former secretary of state right um you know this guy is i think by nature, a conservative, just like James Comey is. He's, so you can't, again, I, I'm going to be very suspicious of whatever's coming out of the DOJ, unless they really find someone with real integrity to handle it. So, and, and you know, again, it's interesting to me, an observation about this, John, given what McCabe may really know, you know, Trump administration could really be painting itself into a corner here. Yeah. Um, I mean, James Comey, even though no one, you know, he handled the whole matter originally with Hillary Clinton, I think, in a clumsy manner. Although, again, his hand was partially forced, partially, partially forced in that. But given what James Comey has already told us about Trump and we know why Trump fired him, um Again, McCabe may have information that's just—it's going to damage Donald Trump even more. And again, his own voters who are going to show up for him, they just don't care that this man breaks the law. They don't give a damn about anything. But again, to other voters, this is going to reinforce what a crook Donald Trump is. That's not going to help him. He's already, his poll numbers are already in the toilet now. He's already in a lot of trouble. So I, you know, and another thing too I just thought of, I find the timing of this, today that they're announcing they're going to, they may be going after McCabe in light of what the Democrats are doing in the house. Uh Uh-huh. Kind of interesting to me. I don't know what your thoughts are.
0: No, I, I completely agree with you. It seems like the, the typical, um, uh, you know, Trumpian Republican misdirection, um, you know, that, that, that when, when one story breaks, um, they go in a different way. And, you know, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it it just seems like the whole McCabe thing is, um, you know, you know, I'll I'll put it in perspective here. You know, recently there is uh, just yesterday, the day before some some very silly Arizona Department of Public Safety officer um, was uh, indicted and arrested for um, taking advantage of women that he pulled over on highways. Mm. You know, you know, so not good. No, it's pretty. It was very, you know, it's one of those things that just makes you go, "ew, creepy," you know. Like, I want to go take a shower. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. disgusting, right? You know, we yeah. know that law enforcement officers are like everybody else. You know, they're human beings. Some of them are great. Some of them are okay. So a lot of them do a job which, you know, is thankless, and they don't get paid very much, and they're they're constantly under under uh, the threat of violence. Um, uh, but you know, like, but the difference with this guy, is, you know, the, this officer here in Arizona, in McCabe, um, you know, supposedly he had a lack of candor during a watchdog probe um, after Trump had already targeted him. So you know, for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes, you know, and I agree with you, you know, if he, if if anybody who, you know, and the and the, you know, I'm bringing up this other gentleman here in Arizona, which. Uh, don't really have his name um you know in front of me but you know they kept saying it's you know betraying the public trust um and and that's what you know you know law enforcement folks do when they also break the law it's really um you know an incredible betrayal when they're they're supposed to be the people who are investigating these things um right but you know in this case it's it's it seems you know that's why it's it's very it's you know it's just odd it just seems like a manufactured thing because you're trying to say that there was a lack of candor um when maybe you think that you're being targeted anyway so you're trying to be um uh a little you know not you know not maybe answering the questions exactly the you're trying to be very legalistic and not obfuscate but exactly not answer in a certain way um, you know, and then he, you know, leaked information to the media without permission and then made a false or misleading statements to officials who asked about it. Um, you know, I, you know, it, it it just, you know, he filed lawsuit against the DOJ last month in Washington. So um, he claimed his ouster um, was politically motivated. So, you know, that's another, um, you know, a- angle to this that is, is being missed, I think, in a lot of the headlines is that, you know, what was he filed suit against the government for being wrongfully terminated, especially the day before his his he was going to retire. Um, and 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 then, you know, they are wanting to coming out and, and indicting him, you know, beyond the fact. Um, I don't know. The whole thing smacks of, you know, political retribution and, you know, more things that we talk about that that just doesn't seem to be the right way to govern. Um, and, and not, you know, the wrong way to let, you know, uh, a guy who served at the FBI for all those years, um, you know, how you let them go and how you let them walk out the door, you know, it, it's, you know, regardless, again, we're not talking about a guy who's pulling over women and saying, Hey, if you do X and Y and Z, I mean, it's very clear that guy should go to court. And if he's convicted, he should go to jail. Um, yeah. Right. You know, I mean, and this is one of those situations where a guy did his time, worked very hard. Um, you know, now you're basically saying he, you know, he leaked something to the media and then he lied or was not clear about it. And so now you're trying to send him to jail. Uh, you know, right? I mean, you know, those are two different things. And again, I, I, I'm 100% with you. If he did anything wrong, the guy should be held accountable for it. But at the same time, What do we do to people that have served 20 years and and make that kind of situation? What do we tell, you know, what does that tell everybody else that works for the FBI? What does that tell people who are deciding, hey, do I go get this private law firm job or do I serve my country and be an FBI agent for 20 years, 30 years, and then go um, and use my law degree? You know, so what does that tell us about what we're going to get out of the FBI in the future? And, and, you know, and so I know there's gray area there, but that's the way I kind of see it. You know, it's. You know, they're not even trying to throw the book at him. They're, you know, they're throwing a, 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 a you know, a, really it's only against the law because he's with the FBI. Otherwise it's it's just, you know, uh, you know, you, can, you know, kind of breach of protocol.
1: Right. I, again, I, you know, uh, we have, to, who knows where another, this is another one, another situation where who knows where it's really going to go. Um, I But I, again, the problem is, the person running the DOJ right now, he is there to protect Donald Trump. He is not there in the best interest of the United States. That is a huge red flag. So uh, yeah, just as as Rachel Maddow would say, watch this space. I mean, so to speak, it's, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, you know, we are living in just, again, it just blows your mind or mine, at least what, what is going on in our country right now, because it is, I mean, it sort of fulfills the ancient Chinese curse, May you live in interesting times. I don't know about you, John, but I'm ready for boring times again. I, I'd really like that back. Yeah.
0: Bring back Ike. <laughs> <Yeah>. Bring back <laughs> <Exactly>. Ike.
2: <laughs> yep. exactly. I,
0: I want a DeSoto and an Edsel, for sure. That's for sure, too. Um, yeah. Anyway, Karen... Um, thanks again for an incredible podcast. I usually don't have as much fun really doing any sort of, you know, non, you know, familial things and, and, you know, the other things, um, but talking politics with you is always a pleasure. And thank you.
1: Well, thank you, John. I've, i always appreciate these opportunities. Uh, I appreciate our listeners and um, having this forum. that is it is very important.
0: And hopefully everyone agrees with us. We'll be back with you as soon <laughs> as we can, for sure. Um, and you know, hopefully not much changes. Let's 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 pray for some qu- for a quiet week. Uh, but I have a f- strong feeling we're not going to get it. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, Karen, thanks again. Thanks to everybody. Uh, we'll talk at you next time.
1: All righty. Bye bye.